Hi, I'm your host, Veronica Thompson, and welcome to Above the Mean, a podcast about individuals actively working to cultivate their mindset, to pursue their passions, and pushing themselves to be better than the standard in order to stand out. Now, it is the beginning of November, meaning new month, new affirmations, new interests, new goals, and new theme for the podcast. This one's theme is all about learning to love yourself. In this episode specifically, I want to talk about unconditional self-worth. Because when we love ourselves, we're much more motivated to not only make healthier choices in our life, but we're more driven and confident about pursuing our own passions. So... Just some mini little life updates on what's going on with me. First and foremost, I'm sorry that this episode did not come out on its normally scheduled time. But like everyone else, I am human and I had some important family matters that happened last week, such as I am now a brand new auntie. Yes, my sister had her son last Friday at 1.25 a.m. And I literally couldn't be happier. It's so amazing how you can instantly love someone so much. Like, he's just a precious little pink bundle of joy. Um, I say pink because his melanin has not fully come in yet. It's slowly coming in as the days go on. But I love it. I love being an auntie so far. And... In addition to that, honestly, last week was just extremely, extremely crazy and hectic for me. Um, And it was super chaotic because I just had gotten back from one of my best friend's weddings. And that following Monday, I'd stayed up to edit and work on the podcast so that I could come out Tuesday morning. That Tuesday night, I didn't sleep. I stayed up because I was prepping for a speech that I was asked to give at Houston Tilson University. And honestly, that experience in itself was so incredibly amazing. I was asked to come speak about overcoming our limiting beliefs. It meant so, so much to me that they were so touched by the podcast episode that I made a few weeks ago that they asked me to come speak to their freshman class. And so I... You know, if I'm going to do something, I want to do it right. Honestly, I was actually considering not doing it, not doing the speech and not coming to speak to the class because I didn't think, I just didn't deem myself worthy of that ass. Like I was just so, I just didn't, yeah, I just didn't think I was worthy to do such a task. And I really can't, I, I was scared to speak in public because It's been a minute since I've been in college, since I had to do a speech or do a presentation or anything. So on top of the nervousness I felt about not being worthy enough to give or deliver such a speech, I just was afraid of messing up in front of people. And I thought to myself, how can I come on here onto this platform and tell you guys all these different tips and tricks and try and as I'm constantly working on my own self-growth my own self-journey when faced with a scenario that makes me uncomfortable that really makes me "Mm, I don't know if I should do that 
and to look the other way and not do it would not only be a disservice to myself, but a disservice to y'all. I needed to practice what I preached. So I agreed to come speak to the class and I'm so, so glad I did because the interacting with those students just was such a really energizing and honest moment for me. It was so great to to see them engage with the different topics, with the different things that I was saying, and to see their own perspectives on things and how they see the world and their own limiting beliefs. It was a really beneficial experience, I think, for everyone, and I'm so glad that I did it. But back to what I was saying, I stayed up all night Tuesday preparing for it because my speech was on Wednesday. And then that following day, later on that Wednesday, when I got back from my when I had gotten back to my house from the speech, I received a call from my sister's mom saying that she had had high blood pressure at her doctor's meeting and that they were going to be inducing her two weeks early from what we were planning on. So I quickly got my things ready and I went to the hospital to meet her and my the rest of my family. And I ended up spending the night there. Long story short, your girl was very, very tired because I was very sleep deprived. But everything ended up working out in the end. I got a brand new baby nephew and I found a new self-worth within myself. But because I I had been giving too much of myself away to others and I kind of forgot to nourish myself. And you know that wise saying that you can't pour from an empty cup. Essentially, the saying means that in order for us as humans to effectively take care of others, we must first take care of ourselves. And that's where self-care and self-love come in. Because oftentimes, we focus too much on other people, on how other people perceive us, on exerting our own energy to fuel someone else's. But one of the biggest disservice that we do to ourselves is listening to other people when it comes to matters about ourselves. Now recently I watched a TED talk that talked about this gift analogy that really put into perspective for me on how detrimental it is to listen to others when it comes to our own selves. Have you ever been so excited to give someone a gift? Someone you love and care for deeply so you pour a good chunk of your time and energy into making or finding the perfect gift for them. And you come to the party with your gift in hand and you're beaming from cheek to cheek because you know you got them the most perfect gift ever. Now, you don't want anything to happen or damage this present because it's priceless. You work so incredibly hard on it, its value can't be measured. And you're going to feel happy about giving them this gift. And in return, they'll be happy to receive it. But before you make it to your friend to give them their gift, you pass other guests at the party. And they ask you, what did you bring? What did you get them? And you tell them with so much pride in your heart because you personally believe it's the perfect gift. There is no way that they will not like this gift. But once you tell them, surprisingly enough, they don't act the way you expect them to. In fact, they say no. Whatever you do, don't give them that gift. And as they continue to tell you their own opinions and thoughts as to why it's a bad gift and that you should get rid of it, 
that voice in your head that was once so confident about having the perfect gift begins to get quieter and quieter until it is replaced with thoughts like, oh my gosh, what have I done? Or they're right, they'll never want this gift, even though you spent so much time on it. So you sneak out of the party and you hide your gift. You hide it in the dark where no one will ever be able to see it so that nothing bad will happen. And then you carry on. You carry on going the quote-unquote safe route. Now, there are so many successful people who were told they couldn't do something but prove people wrong. J.K. Rowling, the incredibly successful author of the Harry Potter novels, was fired when working at her London office because she would write stories on her work computer all day long. Oprah Winfrey was an evening news reporter, and she got fired because she couldn't sever her emotions from her stories. She is now one of the most successful talk show hosts in history. Her show reached over 15 million people a day, and she was the first black African-American woman to own her own production company. And now, I don't know if y'all have seen this, but there's this viral TikTok going around about Abraham Lincoln listing all his failures, which I'm going to be honest, I definitely didn't know he had that many. Like, Mans took a lot of L's, like a lot. He lost several runs for public office before eventually becoming the 16th president of the United States. Essentially, I say all this to say, Our mistake lies when we dare to believe that someone else knows more about ourselves than we do. We all arrive at the party, sure of our gifts, knowing what we want, but as we make our way through the room, life throws things at us. Traumas, tragedies, griefs, and we slowly start extinguishing our light. We put up armors, we start moving through the room like a battlefield, tearing down others, when instead we should be proud of our gifts, the things that only we can offer. When we're trying to meet our goals for our passions, there's so many different things that we try to do, but we forget the most important tool that we have is ourselves. So that's why I want to take time to explore ourselves and embrace ourselves because you are the source. You are the main ingredient. Focusing in on you is so important to achieving your goals. That's why this month I want to cover various topics like tapping into your own vibration within yourself, like law of attraction, building your self-confidence, setting boundaries, how to have healthy relationships, and then reflection. Reflection is a biggie. It's because of reflection that I am more self-aware which results in higher levels of creativity, confidence. Self-reflection can also affect your personal and professional relations, improving the quality of your own life. I'm often not worried about my future because I'm firmly rooted in my present. And that's why low-key, I'm kind of entering my own villain era where I'm prioritizing me. Which kind of sucks that we, we are so conditioned to believe that when we prioritize ourselves, it's a negative thing. We see it as us being selfish. But like I said earlier, you can't pour from an empty cup. 
So you need to prioritize yourself. You need to advocate for yourself. You need to be your own biggest fan. Now, because I wasn't showing up for myself and taking care of myself, my body let me know I wasn't showing up for myself. Like I began to get sick and tired and that was just from one lack of sleep and because I was pushing my body to its limits my immune system was suffering like I never get sick but I started getting a fever and all around it just was not healthy I was not eating healthy because I was constantly on the move I was constantly on the go therefore I didn't have time to prepare myself an adequate meal and like I said I wasn't getting sleep like all around I just wasn't being healthy and I wasn't being the best possible version that I could be thus resulting in lack of creativity lack of drive I just was tired And because I was tired, I wasn't being productive. Therefore, because I'm not being productive, I began to see myself as being lazy. And it just was this whole internal cycle of a downward spiral that I had to put in check. And in order to put it in check, I had to put myself first. And that's why I say I'm kind of like entering into this villain era where I'm choosing myself. I'm choosing to prioritize me because growing up I wasn't my biggest fan I had a lot of insecurities a lot of self-doubt and that mainly stemmed from me not knowing who I was and not being comfortable with who I was I mean I've said it before I grew up in a predominantly white area I was one of like seven black kids at my school meaning I wanted to fit in. I wanted to be the quote-unquote token black girl. So I did what I was told. I tried to do well in school. I searched for validation in men and friends and would form and mold myself to be whoever I needed to be in order to fit in. I tied my self-worth to the idea of being perfect for others. The funny thing is when you tie your self-worth to others, it can easily be taken away by others. My self-esteem would always plummet when I didn't do well academically or I didn't get invited to parties, leaving me to feel left out and alone. There was literally a girl at my high school who would throw parties every Halloween and she and she would invite, it was her and her brother, and they would invite the entire grade. Like So she would invite everyone in her grade and her little brother was a grade below, so he would invite everyone in their grade. And it wouldn't matter that I didn't get invited to their party. It was like, fine, whatever. But the fact that this girl had the audacity to have shirts printed out and that they gave out at the party and kids would wear these shirts the next day in school, like on that Monday or whatever, so that everyone knew who got invited to the party and who did not. So guess what? Every Monday, that following Monday after Halloween weekend, I would be hella butthurt in my feelings because I would walk down the hall and I would see everyone wearing those shirts. But me. I feel like once I even saw the janitor wearing a shirt and I didn't have one. And it just goes to show like, well, all right, I'm just I guess I'm just not cool. I like I I could not I was not getting invited to parties and it was really affecting my self-esteem and my own self-worth. And looking back. None of that matters. It really didn't matter that I didn't get invited to the party had I had 
my own self-worth. But at the time, I didn't know what self-worth really was. It wasn't until I got to college when I met people who saw me for me that I began to embrace myself and began to not only be proud of my different little quirks that made me my own individual person, but embrace them and start sharing them with others. It's how I went from being this quiet girl who never really spoke up because I was too afraid of saying the wrong thing to the woman I am today who, I don't know, can't stop talking about anime and photography and life and just so many other things. I now have a voice that I want to share with people and I want to show people who I am and what I care about and the things that make me, me. William Shakespeare once said, to thy own self be true. But what if you don't really know who you are because you've suppressed your inner self? You've suppressed the core you, all the best parts by putting on these other identities and personas in an effort to make people like you and to make your life better. We all buy into different things when it comes to quote-unquote, who we're supposed to be and what we're supposed to be doing based off societal norms. But it wasn't until I asked myself these three questions. Who am I at my core? How am I being perceived? And how would I like to be perceived? That I began to have a better understanding of who I was. At my core, I'm looking to make an impact. I desperately want to leave my mark on this world. That is like one of my biggest dreams and aspirations how I'm being perceived I know oftentimes people see me as like this outgoing crazy party girl who likes to have fun likes to have a good time but in actuality I just love life I love to live I love to dance I love to feel alive and how I would like to be perceived is I'm an intellectual young woman who's figuring out who she is I don't want to just fit into one label or one characterization. We are not always what we appear to be. Now, I recently listened to a TED Talk from Brian Little, who exquisitely explained the difference between an extrovert and an introvert. One thing that categorizes extroverts is that they need stimulation. This can be achieved by finding things that are exciting, like social events, parties, loud noises, Whereas introverts prefer the more quiet spaces where they're able to reduce their, simu- their stimulation, which can often be misconstrued as being antisocial. But that's really not the case. They're really not antisocial. They may simply realize they do better and thrive when they have a chance to lower their stimulation. They do better in situations that are measured by quality rather than quantity. And as I was thinking about this, it really explained a lot because I do consider myself to be an extrovert and I thrive in chaotic situations. Like I was explaining in my little life update, I had so much going on that week where I slept maybe two to three hours each night for that entire week. So I was hella sleep deprived, but I was getting so much done. And I'm constantly overscheduling myself and pushing myself to my limits 
because when I'm constantly overscheduling myself and pushing myself to my limits, I'm barely giving myself enough time to breathe, to think, and to even be. It ties back into our limiting beliefs and those self-imposed boxes that we put ourselves in when we believe that we over-identify with one single label. So what makes us different? What makes us stand out and be, you know it, above the mean? It's the doings we have in our life. It's our passion. It's our own personal projects and hobbies. The things that energize us and feed our souls. Self-worth is different from self-esteem. Self-esteem comes from our abilities, accomplishments, social positions, and things we believe we can achieve. Our self-esteem fluctuates depending on how we're doing in various aspects of our lives. Whereas unconditional self-worth is the sense that you deserve to be alive, to be loved, and cared for. It's not about comparing ourselves to others. Low self-worth can lead to anxiety and depression, and it can cause you to want to escape the hardships of reality and numb yourself with various coping mechanisms like drugs, alcohol, because the pain of feeling unworthy is just too much to handle. There's so many things to blame for this, like capitalism and the need to compare ourselves with having the latest and greatest gadgets and technology and our education systems, basically defining students' worthiness based off grades or test scores, which really is a better measure of how good you are at memorizing because I can't tell you how many times I cram for a test or a quiz only, for, only to forget about that material a week later. And social media, one of the biggest contenders for making people feel unworthy, causing people to tie their self-worth to the number of followers they have or the likes they get on a post. For many of us, our self-worth is tied to our accomplishments, and as soon as we fail or don't receive the validation that we feel we deserve, we experience low self-worth. That's why it's so important to have unconditional self-worth. Unconditional self-worth helps us to fight off criticism shame, and unhealthy behavior. It's a way out of depression, anxiety, and substance abuse. To cultivate a self-worth mindset that does not bend or buckle when faced with adversity because we know life is gonna, it's gonna toss some adversity, some obstacles in our way. It has me wonder, what would you find the courage to do if you knew you were worthy? Or a better question, what would you stop doing if you knew you were worthy. Like anything, self-worth or unconditional self-worth comes with practice. And four ways to practice unconditional self-worth are to one, forgive yourself. We are angry with ourselves about past mistakes and acceptance releases us from blaming not only ourselves but others and allows us to move forward. We have to acknowledge the pain that we felt, feel the emotions, identify what you learned from that mistake, and then move on. Two, self-acceptance. Many of us don't accept ourselves the way we are. We're told we need to be this or that or have a certain type of body shape, job, just to be accepted in society. See, if you can let go of those thoughts, 
and instead focus on the things that you do like about yourself, over time, you will begin to embrace your quirks, your awkward laugh or sense or weird sense of humor, the little things that make you, you. Three, be there for yourself when life gets rough. We engage in tough self-criticism when instead we should have been doing what we should have been doing is giving ourselves grace. Acknowledge how you are feeling and give yourself some comfort. Say something kind and healing like, I know I messed up this time, but next time I'll do better. I may not have gotten this right. I may have failed at this task, but it's preparing me for the next one. And then lastly, find your tribe. Low self-worth can leave us feeling lonely. When we think there's something wrong with us, we tend to pull away from our relationships, which is only an which is actually only enhancing your feelings of unworthiness. Knowing we are not alone with our struggle and pain reminds us that challenges do not make us unworthy. Now, obtaining an unconditional self-worth mindset is not an easy process. It can be scary to accept ourselves for who we are, and connecting to others can make us feel really vulnerable, which somehow our society has programmed us to believe that asking others for help or comfort makes you weak. But in actuality, only the strong and the brave people ask for help when they need it. So I hope that you choose to take this journey with me of self-love and self-growth. And together, we're going to learn to embrace who we are. I hope you all enjoyed this episode. Definitely let me know what y'all think of these mini solo episodes. I'm really curious. I've I've been getting good. Oh my gosh, I cannot talk. I've been getting some great feedback and I honestly love hearing from you guys. So always feel free to reach out, DM me. Trust me, it really makes my day. Thanks for walking with me and listening to this episode of Above the Mean. If you liked it, make sure to go comment and subscribe. I'll be uploading new episodes every Tuesday morning. Tune in next week as we dive a little deeper into the Learning to Love Ourselves series. And as always, remember, don't settle for average. Rise above the mean and stand out.